Good afternoon and welcome. Welcome indeed to hour number three of the Moses Show. Yes, the 5 p.m. Eastern hour. Let's go out to Kansas City. I sound like Mitch Holtis when I do that. Let's go to my good friend, Garrett Gordon. Garrett, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. Didn't get much sleep. Uh, the uh, the neighborhood was setting off fireworks like they had just won the Super Bowl. So that was happening all last night. Is there a sense today of like, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. We deserve to be there. Or are they happy that they're in the Super Bowl? It's interesting because, like, I feel like Chiefs fans during this run have been a little nervous, and that is all flipped. Everyone I talked to today was like, yeah, we're going to go win the Super Bowl now. I was like, what? <laughs> Last two weeks, people were all nervous, and now all of a sudden they're just like, no, we're winning the Super Bowl now. You've lived there for this whole run. Is it still shocking how this franchise that used to be so snake bitten in the playoffs is now the best in the business now? I think this just happens, right? When, when like, the last team that went on this run was the Patriots, right? But before that run, we're old enough to remember when the Patriots were pretty much the laughing stock of the NFL for a really long time. So I think you just get the right confluence of people, places, and they go on these runs. We we see it happen in sports all the time. It still feels weird, like this is incredible that it's happening because it is, but it's not – Something we don't see. We just watched the Patriots do it in this sport. We've watched the Astros do something similar in baseball. We've seen, what, teams in the NBA. We saw the Warriors go on their run. We saw LeBron James was in like 10 straight NBA finals. So it's not unusual to have these runs, but every time it happens, it does kind of feel like, wow, this is kind of amazing. It is. Look, and the Patriots, in your analogy, they're a laughing stock again. Think about that. Yeah. In your lifetime. <laughs> Look, you're so old now. You remember when Marvel comic movies were trash, then they dominated Hollywood, and now they're trash again. It's the same idea. It is. Yeah. You, you live long enough, and <laughs> you're going to see just about everything, except apparently for the Lions making the Super Bowl. What did you think of that win by Kansas City yesterday? It's weird, right? Because at the beginning of the game, it kind of felt like we were on our way to a shootout. It was 14 to 7 after just a few drives, and it looks like, okay, buckle your seatbelts, Lamar and Pat, I'm going to go at it. And then from that point forward, neither offense really did anything. <laughs> I know. That was nothing. If I would have told you on Friday, okay, Kansas City's going to Baltimore. They're going to score 17 points and not score in the second half. What would you have said to me? There's no way they win that game, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no way. And then think about this. Detroit goes to San Francisco, scores 31 points and loses. That's the difference between the two games. So my question for you is, who choked more, Baltimore or Detroit yesterday? I really think it was Baltimore. Um, I know that Detroit blew this lead. But I watched that Baltimore game so confused. The entire second half, Baltimore operated like they were trailing by 30 points. Yes. They were running like four verticals and throwing deep all the time. And that's not Baltimore's offense. <laughs> no. I've watched a lot of Baltimore this year. That's not how they play offense. They just totally abandoned the run completely from their running backs. Now, Lamar picked up some runs on some scrambles, but they really weren't designed runs. 
they just like stopped running the football and just said, we're just going to keep watching down the field. And that's not what they do. And their defense figured it out. That was what was crazy to me is their defense had clearly figured out Kansas city. So if I'm the offense, I'm like, okay, they're not going to score. I trust my defense. Let's just kind of drive down here methodically. Like we normally do. We just need to score twice. And they just didn't do that. They were running a two-minute drill halfway through the third quarter, and they were only down 10 points. I'm with yeah. you on – I don't get it. Just kick some field goals. Just What are you doing? Just throwing deep into the end zone into triple coverage and just – I don't know. It was a very weird strategy. At least when I look at Detroit, they got the 24-7 to lead. They did choke in the second half, but the choking kind of came from like – just bad execution a lot of times. They dropped some third down passes. Yeah. They did some kind of weird things on third, on fourth downs, and just they didn't execute well enough down the stretch to win that game. But I didn't think they played bad. I thought Baltimore legitimately played bad on offense, and that's not what they normally do. That team has been one of the best teams in NFL history, according to advanced stats, and then they just went out there and completely I, laid an egg. Why? Why? Is Lamar Jackson in shotgun on every play? What is what is this? And then he's like scrambling backwards to then throw forty yard passes. It's just it's so bad, Garrett. I I couldn't get over it. I'm still not over it. I, I don't even know how Kansas City won. I know I'm venting to you. I'm still in shock by that game. I am. Is this the first time in it might be the first time in my memory that the two teams that are playing for the NFL championship do not feel like two of the best teams currently playing. I know the Niners all year were one of the best teams, but they, they should have lost each of the last two weekends. Yeah, I agree. And the Chiefs probably should have lost this weekend. Now I think they played better than the Bills the weekend before, but they should have lost this weekend and they didn't. Neither team did. They played, made enough plays. They survived credit to them, but it doesn't feel like I'm watching two juggernauts in two weeks. It's like if Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, are you going to be like, wow, that was a great Kansas City team? No. No. This is the year, this, this of anything looks like kind of, you know how there was that weird separation of kind of two separate Patriot dynasties? Yeah. This kind of feels like this was supposed to be the hard cut for this first part of the Chiefs run, and then they're going to have to try to retool and see if they can make another run. And instead, they just kind of, you know what they did is they just found a way not to make mistakes. And sometimes that's how you win. You just kind of let the other team hang themselves, and that's what they did. Mahomes did nothing in the second half except throw that ball to end the game. That's all he did. Which, which by the way, those are the type of plays you make in the, they make in the clutch all the time. It's one of those things where it's like it's one play, but guess what? There's a lot of teams that just run it up the middle and punt. I made a comment last hour. It's a very harsh comment. I said Baltimore was unprofessional. And they deserve to lose. They were all over the place. They're just all over the, I mean, the taunting and it's all these like sportsmen like penalties and just they're all over the place. I, it's such they, a meltdown. They were undisciplined on a level that teams aren't usually as good as they are when they're that no. undisciplined. When, when I think of teams that do that, I think of 
unfortunately, my Dallas Cowboys. I think of like the Las Vegas Raiders over the years. The teams that are that undisciplined, you recognize, and you're always kind of like, this team could be good, but they're going to blow it. Remember the Bengals before Joe Burrow, but when the Bengals would make the playoffs, like Vontez perfect. And those teams were like solid and they should have been a little bit better, but they would always lose their heads. That's what the Ravens performance was. They just kind of lost their heads. It's weird because the week before it's 10, 10 against the Texans. Then they come out and play big boy football and they play great. And this, this just like, it's just the pressure got to them in the moment. Yeah. The, the, The moment was too big for that team. And I, I don't know. I, I worry about them going forward because I do think it's hard to shake off when you get that type of performance in a big game like that. I feel like more often than not, those types of teams repeat that performance in future big games. It's not something you just suddenly um, are able to change your mentality. I can't believe I'm going to say this to you, Garrett Gordon. If I need a big playoff win, I'm going Brock Purdy over Lamar Jackson. Is that fair if I say that? It's 100% fair. Purdy's calm under pressure. Purdy, uh, listen, for all of his faults, and they, they exist, even though, like, it's Purdy's one of those weird quarterbacks where he's simultaneously over and underrated, which is just weird, but yes. he is. It's like there are people that think he's, like, this top five quarterback, and those people are nonsense. But there's also people that act like he shouldn't be a starting quarterback, and those guys are idiots, too. Like, he's a good NFL quarterback that – maximizes his ability and executes in the clutch. And a lot of NFL quarterbacking are those two traits. And so I'm happy with Purdy as a quarterback. And, yes, he's much more trustworthy in the clutch. I think the problem the Niners run into is, my God, they're facing by far the best quarterback they've seen in the playoffs. Yes, they have. (laughs) What you described him as, he's like early 2000s Tom Brady with those first three. He is. I, it, he made the, how about that throw where, <laughs> this makes me laugh. Juwan Jennings, who only catches the craziest passes of uh, his whole career. Okay. Yeah, remember, wasn't he at Tennessee and he caught the bomb from Josh Dobbs to beat yeah. Georgia? That's yeah. him. Dude, Purdy threw it. I, I don't know why. He like lob passes it and Jennings catches it. I love Greg Olson's like, ah, you're not supposed to throw that ball. And it worked. Dude. And then he's running around. Well, let's not the, – the biggest play of the game is the play that should have been intercepted. He hit it off the Lions' face mask, and oh. IU dives and catches it. Like, that's an interception. <laughs> but that's why magic's on his side. It's just yeah. wild. It's wild. And he's going to the Super Bowl. And I bet you if you ask any 49er fan, if he doesn't get injured last year, they beat Philadelphia. They all believe it. You know oh, you I, I, I believe it, too. I, I think that if he's not hurt, they do beat Philadelphia because I think Philadelphia was slightly overrated last year, caught lightning in a bottle, and I think that bared itself out this year. Yes, I agree. And, and and now we're <laughs> – the Niners have been – well, what's kind of funny is the Niners and Chiefs have kind of been the two best teams in their leagues for a while now. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are the only one with hardware of these two. If the Niners flame out in the Super Bowl again – we're going to have to start asking ourselves, is this the new Buffalo Bills? That's fair. If you put that out there, that is because it's a how many years in a row? Okay, I'm trying to think here. So how many years this in is, a row? This is at least four, right? Because they went to the Super Bowl, lost two, and now they're back in the Super Bowl. There's been at least four NFC Championship games. Yes. 
And they the t- game two years ago against the Rams, they lose twenty to seventeen. And yep. then last year Purdy gets injured. They're yeah. right there. And they And they had the lead in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and Mahomes came back on him. Yes. So th- that's kind of the Bills did this similar type thing. Obviously, more extreme. They went to four straight Super Bowls, but I think there is a point where you keep knocking on that door over and over again, and, and if you don't break through, at some point that window closes, and then it's hard to get back there. I, I think. The Chiefs are kind of playing with a little bit of house money here. Obviously, legacy-wise, Mahomes wants that back-to-back because you kind of need that as like an establisher. But they've already won a couple rings. They've been here a couple times. There's, if the Chiefs lose this with their supporting cast, no one's going to be like, oh, look at Mahomes. They're going to be like, yeah, he wasn't supposed to win. If the Niners drop this one, you do start looking at the Niners as like, oh, this is one of those sad stories <laughs> where they just can't get it done. Are you excited about this matchup? I will be in a couple weeks. Right now, I think it's a little disappointing because there were more fun options on the table. But I think after you take a week off and you're going to kind of want some football again and you're going to really think about it and you're going to be like, you know what? This really is kind of the best two teams of the last couple years. Let's play it out one more time and see if, if there's a different thing because the two things that happen here is either one, the Niners get this win and we start talking about Shanahan as one of these elite coaches of all time, right? Been to a couple Super Bowls, four straight NFC titles. He's got a young quarterback. Are they going to go on a run? Simultaneously, if the Chiefs, on the other hand, win, you have to start Listen, he's not near Brady yet. Brady's got seven. But it would be a third for Mahomes, and he's still in his 20s. You do have to start going, um, are we witnessing a challenger to the throne? That's valid. What about Christian McCaffrey from the standpoint of the Carolina Panthers could have ruined his career, but luckily he got out of there. How about that storyline? Do you think he even mentions Carolina during his Hall of Fame speech? No. <laughs> No. We're going to just memory hole that part of his career. And then Vince McMahon's not a part of the WWE now. That never <laughs> happened. And, yeah, because he's, he's a West Coast guy. He played at Stanford. Yeah, He'll never talk about Carolina. No Isn't way. it so weird? He still spent way more time with Carolina, but he just feels like a 49er. He does. That's a great way. It really is. I like he, we had a guest last hour, my good friend Luke Hendrick, say he's dating Miss Universe, but it doesn't matter because the guy on the other team's dating Taylor Swift. Do you like that? <laughs> well, the, you're not going to trump Taylor Swift, right? I mean, just with the way that she's probably the most famous person on the planet by a lot of metrics. Didn't she like have like a almost a billion dollar tour or whatever where like she was selling out everything? Yes. <laughs> So what's the stupid story we're going to hear for the next two weeks? She's got a show in Tokyo on Saturday yeah, and then has to fly. Look, she's not doing Frontier Airlines like Mark and Garrett here. She'll make (laughs) it in time. She'll make it. Here's what's going to be annoying, right? Mm -hmm. People have been complaining about the Taylor Swift coverage for weeks now. And if you watch the NFL games, it's not that bad. The first game was ridiculous. But since then, they cut away to her when Travis Kelsey does something. She's on screen for like two minutes. Who cares? Mm. But they've been complaining, right? 
Well, now it is going to actually be annoying because Super Bowl media week, they oh. never talk about Super Bowl. They're going to talk about all this other nonsense. They have all the non-sports media there covering this. And now it is going to get annoying. Like, it is going to be very annoying over the next two weeks where you're just like, okay, I really don't care about that relationship, like, at all. <laughs> you know what's weird? So I went to Super Bowl week in Miami in 2020 before, you know, the world shut down. Um, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't shut down again after this rematch. So it was funny that night because Kansas City was like, this is a surprise story they got to the Super Bowl. This is like, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. kind of an underdog. And, they were. and San Francisco showed up and dude, they had so much more media because it's such a bigger <laughs> brand. And yeah. like, so at the time it was very weird. Kansas City, I met, like, I'm not kidding around. I met the whole offensive line. I'm talking to the wide receivers, guys on defense. And there was kind of this underdog mentality, like, wow, first time in 50 years we're here. And now if you think about it four year, four or five years later, it's flipped, where now Kansas City, like you said, it'll be all this hoopla because they're the biggest team in football. That's what's weird about it. But what is wild is because of the way they've made this run this year, mm. They've been able to play the underdog card because they had to go on the road. They've had to play in the wild card round. They're early underdogs against the Niners in the Super Bowl. That's fuel for this team. Like, I think this team genuinely feels disrespected. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) We are the defending champs. I know we might not have looked great, but got to beat the champs to be the champs. Are you picking Kansas City then? Yes. I, I, I've, I've picked against them kind of against my actual thoughts for a couple rounds in a row now just because yeah. I don't pick against them. I just don't because it makes me look silly every time I do. They, they've lost a total of two playoff games in the last five years. So why would I pick against them? Who's the only man who can stop them now? Joe Burrow? Well, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm a little concerned about the whole burrow thing he was injured his first year uh-huh. we have a great year and then the next year they don't get over the chief's hump and then he's hurt again this year right i mean so two out of his first four seasons he's been hurt i i worry about that like i, I don't think you can keep getting injured and expect to always keep coming back at that same level they weren't bad what did they win 11 games this year with the backup, pretty much. Most. I mean, it was close to that, right? Like, yeah. I think they just played in a tough division. But I just don't know. One, I think they're going to have some trouble keeping some of their guys. They're going to start running in because they've paid Burrow and they've running up against salary cap stuff, which is what the Chiefs have kind of run into. And they didn't kind of get that run before the salary cap stuff, right? Like, the new way to do it is to, like, get that run in, that early run in before you have to start paying all the guys. They've had to pay all their guys and never got a ring. I worry about that team starting to find some cap casualties and then kind of being one of these great teams that never was. Well, that's too bad. They got injured. The Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl. That's, That's what it is. Um, I think that's I think that's why everyone needed the Ravens to win that game because I'm a yeah. little concerned. Who is who is the Manning to um, Mahomes Brady? Who's this rival? Because I can't put Josh Allen as a rival until he actually does something. 
That, he hasn't done anything. It's, look, so it's, if he's not the rival, and, and if we're going to say Burrow's the rival, really? One year? <laughs> one year out of this run he's been a rival? It's hard to be a rival if you're only effective in one year. So I, I start worrying. We thought maybe Lamar steps up and he looked bad. I, I don't know who's going to finally step up and be consistently a thorn in their side. And I haven't seen it yet. And I think that is worrisome because it does make the league boring. I think one of the craziest things about LeBron's run mm. in the NBA, and the reason it's as underappreciated as it was, is he makes 10 finals in a row. And it's not as appreciated because the East was so bad that you just kind of assumed he was going every year because who else was going to go? He changed teams also in that 10-year run. Yeah. <laughs> and it just didn't matter because there's just no one else that was good. So wild. Uh all right, so you're Taylor Swift. Do you marry Travis Kelsey this summer? What's the game plan? What do you do? I did. I did read that it would be it would break all records of everything if like they just get married at halftime of the Super Bowl. He like remember the guy on Boise. <laughs> do you remember like Boise State does the Statue of Liberty play yeah, against Oklahoma? Yeah, the, the cheerleader on the sideline thing, and he proposes. Maybe that's what he, they win, and then he proposes. When yeah, like are, right after the win, like when they're doing the celebration. I mean, that would break the internet. It would. All right, here's what it would be like: they're handing the Lombardi Trophy to Patrick Mahomes, but then all of a sudden Kelsey steals the spotlight where he's on one knee, and every camera goes away from the Lombardi Trophy. Oh that's, yeah, that's what it, it, would, it would. And then we would get a whole cycle of people being mad about them ruining football. <laughs> It was interesting, the video yesterday, where he's with Taylor Swift on the field. I don't know if you saw it. Like, he's on the field, and they're celebrating, and they embrace. And then he sees his brother, and he kind of, kind of like, you know, shoves her to the side. Like, yeah, 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 that's great. Now, you're Taylor Swift. I'm going to embrace with my brother. And I understood, because you're just the girlfriend. You're not the wife yet. You might not be here. The, the brother, this brother is going to be here moving forward. And I really thought about that, that. That whole interaction on the field with everyone was kind of strange, right? Yes. You have the weird, like, Andy Reid pointing at Taylor Swift, pointing at him picture that was just, like, floating around the Internet for some reason. There was the weird Tony Romo-Taylor Swift exchange where it's like, Taylor's like, hey, you're good at what you do. And, and Romo's like, you're better. And then she like, like, oh, but we're doing different skill sets. It's like, why is that like a weird exchange? And then Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers hugging, the way they were talking made me think this is it for Jason Kelsey. It sounded like the way he said, you need to go finish this off, made it feel kind of like, hey, I know you haven't told everyone, but I know you're getting, you're retiring. Finish this off with the ring. Yo, you mean Travis Kelsey, where he'd yeah. retire. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And look, dude, he's been phenomenal this postseason. I, he's the number one target. He was great he was yesterday. Saying, he was sandbagging us. He was, I mean, you're absolutely right. And you saw the stat. I've been saying it all day. He has more postseason receptions than Jerry Rice. Like what? If you break a Jerry, if you break a Jerry Rice record, you've done something. So I didn't think any of those were ever being broken. Well, and and it's not like baseball where they expanded the playoffs. No. no. Rice played in the same playoff format. That's yeah. what's wild. That is wild that he did that. Man. Um and yeah, it, it is it's nuts. Wait till they have the baby. 
I'm just going to tell you right now. I know this is turned, this is turned into like Access Hollywood. Forget the proposal. If they have, if, if they say she's pregnant, it's all over. And then she has to postpone all those tour dates. I, it's going to be crazy. You know, it is. Um, I and, mean, she's basically got like a little cult that worships her. So like, I, I, I don't know what would happen if there wasn't like new content for them to consume 24 seven. Think, think about the chiefs. We're a regional fan base. And now every woman that loves Taylor Swift roots for the Kansas City Chiefs now. That's their team. That's who they root well, they, for. They, well, they have the double the double play that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got the Taylor Swift thing, but they also got the generational winning thing that just gets you fans. So yeah. remember how, like, when, when the Patriots got good, suddenly there were Patriots jerseys popping up everywhere, and you're like, why am I seeing Patriots jerseys? Oh, that's right, they're winning all the time. Same thing's happened with the Chiefs. Everywhere you go, there's Chiefs jerseys, even not in Kansas City, because they're winning all the time. And people just bandwagon on to the teams that are winning all the time. This happens... Every time there's a winner, and people hate them, but then there's the other fan section that loves them, and that's just that's how this always goes down. So yeah, you win at that level, and now you add in the whole Taylor Swift of it. Yeah, they probably got a massive fan base right now, but they also have the same thing that happens when you win like that—a massive group of haters. That's absolutely right. Look, we're so old. I love playing this game with you. By the way, we're here with Garrett Gordon. <laughs> We're so old. I remember when we started college and random dudes would wear those 27 Titan Eddie George jerseys. Remember when yeah. those were big? Oh, yeah. I, I have. I had. I don't think I still have it. I used to wear an Eddie George Titans jersey just around college campus. That was one of my favorite jerseys. I just would wake <laughs> up and throw that jersey on. I wasn't even like a Titans fan. It's just like a cool jersey. So I had that. I had the Eddie George jersey. I was that guy. Also, we went into college in the era of, like, the jersey being, like, the number one thing people wore. It was in all the hip-hop videos. Throwback. Yeah, all right. You know which one I got? And I got big praise when we go to the bars and the clubs. It was the most random jersey I bought in Texas when I was visiting my sister. No one else has this jersey. It's still at my parents' house. You're going to love this. You're already laughing. You're like, oh, what's he going to say? Most random jersey. I had a Peter Warwick Cincinnati Bengals 80 jersey. That's right. (laughs) And I bought it at, was it Dillard's? Is that where he got in trouble? Where he was shoplifting like crazy? It might have been. Yeah. Free Shoes shoes University. That's right, baby. I I have... A gold Saints Reggie Bush jersey because I was convinced no one could tell me different that Reggie Bush was not going to be the greatest player of all time. I I I was like ready. I was fighting people on that hill. I was like, no, he's going to be the best. You guys don't understand. This guy's going to be the best. Did he? Did he go to the wrong team? I think he just went to the wrong era. If you put Reggie Bush in this era where we use running backs differently, he he's amazing. And in fact, he did a lot. Of, he was kind of the first running back that started getting used in a modern way. In a lot of ways, he changed the game, but he never quite was able to reach the heights that we all kind of thought he might. I don't think our younger listeners realize how famous that draft was in 06. Where no, it was, they don't. Where it was it was Vince Young, Matt Leinart, and Reggie Bush, and then Vince Young.
Young, another guy that I went to bat for for years, and yes. just I, I blame Jeff Fisher for his career. <laughs> Remember, he was he was like rookie of the year. He's on the cover of Madden, and then he fell off a cliff after that. Well, they benched him for Terry Collins. <laughs> Kerry Collins like almost 40 and they just bench him because he's like 500. I never, he, he led him to the playoffs and then got benched. Matt Liner. So weird. Okay. So Matt Liner goes to Arizona, which I think was a terrible fit for him. And I remember he starts the game. You know what I'm going to say here? He starts the game against my Bears on Monday Night Football. And that's when they blow the game to the Bears and the Bears don't score an <laughs> offensive touchdown. And that's when. Yeah, Is you're going to crown him. Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. Yeah, I was what I was living in Iowa and I wa- this is how old this story is. So I had to go to a sports bar to watch the game. Right? I had I didn't have cable, I made yeah. no money. So I'm at a sports bar watching the game. And when they came back, I there was no one left in the bar. Everyone left the bar cuz it was like <laughs> this game's over. So there's me and like two other guys watching the game. I am screaming and screaming. I'm so excited. And when I saw, it's the only time I've ever done this. When Dennis Green came on the screen and said, if you want to crown them, crown their asses. But we let him off the hook. I remember going in the parking lot and calling my dad and said, we're going to the Super Bowl. It's the only time I knew it. It was amazing. It was. I mean, was that, that was like the Rex Grossman led bears. Yeah. I re, okay. So Sunday morning, TikTok. So I want you to know, Garrett. TikTok knows the algorithm. It started showing me, it started showing me best of highlights from past championship Sunday games. Like all of it. So I rewatch, I rewatch Reggie Bush and the Saints versus my Bears for the NFC championship game. And I went to that game and every comment, this is how delusional we are. Every comment is the same thing. Man, what if we had Justin Fields with that defense? But we had Rex Grossman. Oh, great. I thought I thought you were about to say that TikTok knew you were ready to start diving into some uh, Caleb Williams draft footage. Oh, I will. That's the next <laughs> couple of months. Hey, I look. I'm so crazy. I texted my buddy who's a Ravens fan, and I was like, I wish you had Joe Flacco yesterday for the Ravens. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Did you? I, Flacco would have just thrown the ball for 15 yards and picked up first downs. That's what he would have done yesterday. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that was their issue because, like, Kansas City was covering pretty good short. Like, I, I, I think the problem was they just decided not to run the football. I don't know. Gus Edwards like runs for like twelve yards on his first carry, and then he just he disappeared. I don't know if he played the rest of the game. <laughs> their last okay, like I remember their last run for Baltimore is they do some type of jet sweep type play. And Kansas City reads it like completely and just, just spears the guy. And then that was it. And everyone yeah, saw it. It's like, we can't run. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they gave up. All right. What's the, what's the most random Cowboys jersey you have that you had a throwback jersey? Come on for college. Oh man. I mean, the, the weirdest one I ever had was in high school. Mm. I was really obsessed with a special teams player called Kenneth Gant, the shark. What? And he would like make these special team tackles and then do the shark dance. And I became really obsessed with that. So yeah, I had a Kenneth Gant jersey. Is that a good or bad jersey? <laughs> I don't know. I really liked Kenneth Gant, but I was also like a weird junior high kid. So like I'm not sure that mattered, but I, I was a fan of the shark. 
And it was like, I don't know how many other, I don't, I don't no know one. if there's ever been other like special teams guys like Steve no. Tasker. Do you think like there's Bills fans that had Steve Tasker yeah. jerseys? I could see that. Did you have like the, remember like 1994 when it was the 75th anniversary? So your boys are wearing those retro jerseys all season with the stars so, on the shoulder pads. So here's the, here's the real story is I was not a Cowboys fan until the Oilers left Houston in 96. <laughs> so I was an Oilers fan. I, I'm all Houston sports. I became a Cowboys fan because we were living in Dallas and my whole family's Cowboys fans, but I used to just root for the Oilers and they left. And so I was like, well, I've watched all the Cowboys dynasty beings. I'll just be a Cowboys fan. The plot thickens. <laughs> I did not know this. Wow. So I'm actually kind of the Cowboys curse. They have not won a Super Bowl since I decided to become a Cowboys fan because the Oilers left. So in many ways, I am the Cowboys curse. I think you need to get, I think you have the disposal income (laughs) and I'll let you go. I think would be cool. You need like the nineties, all white with blue, like barely any blue on it. And it didn't even, remember there was a moment there, they, remember they had Apex was the jersey? It was like, cause I always think of Jimmy Johnson wearing those Apex, uh, jackets, right? You need the, the one best, where, no, it, no, no, the best iteration of the Cowboys jerseys was the double star jerseys with like the blue star on the shoulder pads that was like the second title, the back to back title year. That's what I'm that, talking that, about. That was the, that was the good one. That's the jersey I'm talking about. You need yeah. that. You need that for Troy Aikman. You need that jersey. Okay. But then you need the all, like seriously, 96, 97 when you became a fan. You need those all white ones when they didn't have a sponsor logo on the jersey. And like, you need the Deion Sanders 21 jersey. That's what you need. Well, I remember my sister was a huge Deion Sanders fan and she had a Deion Sanders jersey. I, I was starting to move into throwbacks. So like, I definitely have a Troy Aikman UCLA jersey. That is nice. I own, uh, I own, I own two. Tony Romo cowboy jerseys. I'm not kidding around. Okay. Two of them. Oh man. I'm actually like so annoyed at jerseys because like I got to a point where I just stopped wearing jerseys. Mm. And so my closet just has like this section of it that has jerseys in it that have not been worn in over a decade. And they just sit there and stare at me. You got to bring them. And I know you have the soccer jerseys. You got to bring them back, Garrett. You got to do it. I don't know. Like, I don't think I can. There's something about being like over 40 and like wearing a jersey that just starts feeling a little weird. Oh, yeah. It just does. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. My dad, my dad has that rule. He's like, once you're, once you get to a certain age and you're older than the players on the field, you can't wear the jersey anymore. That's his rule. It feels weird. It feels weird. (laughs) His name's Garrett Gordon. I appreciate your help. And, uh, I know you'll be listening to Taylor Swift when you drive home. All right, man. All right. All right. See ya.